This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. As you're listening to another episode of Redefining the Counterculture right here on Witten Radio, today we are joined by uh, comedian Steve Trevino. Steve, how are you? I'm just fine. How are you? Hey, doing well, doing well. I'm super, super excited to talk to you about today's show. Man, I know it's been a crazy year, and COVID has just kind of turned the world upside down uh, and, and up again. Um, how have you been? How have you been uh, managing? Well, to find out that I was unessential hurt a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but but you know what? We're finding out that, you know, we are essential, and comedy is essential, and entertainment is essential, and you know, being funny and laughing is essential. So, you know, for me, luckily, I live in Texas, and I've been back to work for a little while now. I hear you. I, I hear you. Um, I, I wanted to, to ask you, because I, I know that, uh, you know, this, this has been um, uh, just kind of a crazy year, but you, you've taken it and you've done something amazing with it. Um, you've got this new project out called My Life in Quarantine, um, how did the idea about it? Uh, how, how did the idea of it come about? Well, you know, after being on shutdown and lockdown for so long, when I went back on stage, I didn't know where to begin, and I couldn't talk about my material like nothing had happened to us. So I had to be <laughs> on stage. I had to be on stage, and I go, well, I'll talk about what I went through in quarantine. And man, before you knew it, uh, I was writing more and more material and and laughing at the situation, and I said, man, you know what, i got to get this out there, because even though I'm back to work in Texas, there's places that are still on shutdown. And I said, if, if, I, if I film it myself, send it out myself, I don't have to wait for the Netflixes of the world or the Hulus of the world. We'll go direct to the customer and so that they can have some entertainment and laugh about the situation that they're actually in right now. And I love the veterans so much. I do a lot with our vets. So part of the proceeds are also going to benefit our veterans. So for me, it was a win, 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 win situation. And I turned it into a a family event. My son does stand-up comedy on it. Me and my wife sit down and film a podcast. We meet my mother. We meet my wife's father. And we just turn into just a little comic relief for you guys uh, sitting at home in quarantine. Man, I love it, Steve. That, that's a testament to not only your ingenuity, but also the, the power of family. And I was, I had actually read another interview that you had done. Um, and you stated that, you know, um, when you were uh, 19, uh your your wife basically changed everything for uh, everything for you. Like your life was changed, you know, exponentially. Um, what, what? How has it been? I, I guess what was that transition like for you? For one thing, and how have you kept such a strong marriage throughout the years? Well, I mean, it wasn't nineteen; it was more like twenty-seven. But I, you know, oh. I, I, <laughs> I I met I met my wife, and and you know, I wanted be a good husband to her and I and because I wanted to be a good husband to her uh, everything that she was doing to me was becoming more and more frustrating so I started talking about it on stage and you know as soon as I realized that I was okay being this woman's husband 
the comedy got funnier and it got more real and it got more uh, more more honest and the people that were coming to my shows were really appreciating my honesty about marriage and then I had a kid and then all of a sudden we're talking about the kid and being very very honest and real and we just realized that that's where the audience is for me at least is being honest being real I mean I in, in this special my life in quarantine we talk about our miscarriage and we actually make it really really funny I don't think there's a comedian out there getting that real and that honest and talking about those struggles that a lot of people deal with. And we've just found that people come up to us or send us messages and say, hey, we're going through the same things you are. Thank you for shining a funny light on it. So the more real, the more honest, the more family that it became, uh, the more, for me, the more it resonated, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what what was it? What was the catalyst that got you into comedy? Because I know it's been such a huge part of your life. Was there a particular like incident or uh, experience that really led you down this path of being a comedian? Well, I tell people all the time. I've always wanted to be a comedian uh, since I was a little boy. But I remember the defining moment. I I I grew up in South Texas. Uh, my dad, my uncles are literally the toughest men that I've ever met in my life to this day. You know, my dad is a Vietnam vet. My uncles are Vietnam vets. Um, you know, these guys are, are real tough guys. And I remember that the men would hang out outside and the women would hang out inside. And I remember this one particular time that all of them were inside watching TV and laughing. And when I saw what was on TV, it was Richard Pryor. And I thought to myself, I didn't know you could do that. But look at the power this man has. Look at the power. I mean, my dad and his friends, they don't laugh, much less smile. But this guy had the whole room dying laughing, and I said, that's power, man. How cool is that? So that was kind of a defining one for me to go, where I realized that you can do that, bro. You can be funny for a living. And ever since then, man, that's what I wanted to do, and I've done things my way. I've produced my own specials. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not much of a Hollywood guy, so I just went out and did stand-up. And fortunately for me and my wife, it's paid off in a huge way. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Comedy has uh, has a, a certain power that that transcends like a lot of di- a lot of different mediums and, and and vehicles. And it's like comedy has the power to really unite people and. You know, it's, it's a commonality that just it transcends race and, and everything else. Well, and, and at, at the end of the day, man, we're so inundated, especially right now with the virus, with politics, with are you left, are you right, I hate you, he hates them. And my show has zero politics, zero. My show is about family, my life in quarantine, and... We take, it's an escape, and I think that mentally we all need an escape, whether it's hunting, fishing, golf, going to a concert, something, you know. And I, I think that this stand-up special really gives you an hour-and-a-half escape, you know. Absolutely, yeah, I, I completely agree. 
Um, and and that is needed right now. I mean, you you look at the world and it's just it's there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think people need that healthy escape, you know. And it's a uh, it's a good thing. I think it's a great well, thing. I mean, take me for example. The first two weeks of the pandemic where we got shut down here in Texas, I spent every waking moment watching the news. And finally, my wife goes, that's it. No more news. Turn it off. And once I turned it off, my my life, my mental state got better, yeah. you know. And, and I think this stand-up special, My Life in Quarantine, is an opportunity to turn off the news and laugh at the situation that we're all in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. I know that um, a, a lot of this project was, was funded exclusively by you and your wife. Um, t- t- tell me what, what it was like putting the project together from start to finish. Well, you know what? Every special that, that, that I have out, which is relatable, which was on Netflix, uh, Amazon's Till Death, and this one, my wife and I produced it with our own money. And, you know, I have the philosophy that uh, I don't need to wait for Hollywood to tell me that I'm good enough. I'm just going to do it myself. So when we started doing this project, it was really unique because, you know, in Texas, we still have the six feet rule. We still have the mask rule. Um, we still have 50 cent capacity rule. So that made things kind of interesting because I can't do stand up without an audience. And we wanted to also be, um, follow the guidelines that the state has required And it got complicated because, you know, here we had a group of two that couldn't sit with another group of three. And it got complicated logistically, but we did it outdoors, and it turned out to just be a wonderful night. And we got got messages from friends, from family, from fans. And, you know, this was the first time that some of those people had gone out at all. So it was just really a special night, and, and we hoped that, People are interested enough to go to my website, click on My Life in Quarantine, sit down with your family, and watch this special, which, by the way, I would say that this special is probably, you know, uh, for mature audiences, but it's not dirty, and it's not raunchy. There's a few bad words, but that's it, you know? I love it. I love it, Steve. Um yeah, I had a, I actually had a, a chance to, to catch a little bit of it, and and I must say, yeah, it's it's good. I think it's it is still. I would still say it's family friendly. I mean, there is a little bit of, of language, but I mean, um, you know, if you've got teenagers or older, this this would be a good move, good good thing to watch. You know, and it's and it's all in fun, and you know, I always tell people all the time, man, if you're married and you're not watching my specials or my clips. My my stand up is marriage counseling. You don't got to pay for it. You just watch my stand up. <laughs> I um I we talked a little about about this, and I know you said Richard Pryor was like one of the one of the catalysts for you getting into comedy. Um, who who else would you say, or would you say is your comedy idol? Well, you know, it's it's funny because once you start doing comedy, you you I've been lucky enough that. You know, my name is on the comedy store wall. So, um, you know, all the guys I grew up watching are now my friends. So it really gives it a different kind of perspective on things. And uh, for, as for a comedy idol, it'll always be prior. 
You know, it'll always be George Carlin. It'll always be uh, Bill Hicks. And the rest of everybody is my friends, you know, from from Joe Rogan to Chappelle. I know those guys. And, you know, now they're colleagues. So, you know, and that was another reason that, that I moved back to Texas from Los Angeles because, well, number one, I hated living in Los Angeles. Um, and number two, I'm a Texan. I'm a proud Texan. And I needed for my stand-up to be relatable I needed to live a regular life and living the life at the comedy store, hanging out with a bunch of comedians. It just doesn't resonate with, with, with what I want to be and what my audience is. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say if there's a comedy idol. Uh, I'm really proud of, of my friends and the things that they're doing, but you know, it'll always be those guys when I was young and, and I admired from back then that they will always remain my idols, you know? Here you those are some good idols, too. <laughs> oh, they're the best, and Bill Hicks is a Texan, and he's one of the greatest of all time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to, to ask you, you know, for, um, you know, somebody out there listening to this interview that, you know, desires to get into comedy or um, maybe they don't desire to get into comedy, but they're inspired by your words. What, what advice would you give to somebody that, you know, is pursuing something, whether it's, you know, podcasting or writing or whatever, and they're having a tough time? Um, what inspiration or word of advice would you give to them? So I, I get this question a lot, and I think that I have finally kind of found a very simple answer. And the simple answer is, you know, follow, follow the dream, don't follow the money. And if you love something so much and you're willing to work for free, then eventually you'll make money doing it. And I think that that's the problem with this younger generation, this this instant generation. They want it now, 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 and it doesn't come now, 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 and they want to get paid now, and they want, they want the company car, and they want the company car. Well, it doesn't work that way. You have to be willing to do something that nobody else is willing to do, and that's sacrifice and work hard, and it's pretty simple. Absolutely. That's some really good advice. Perseverance and and just sticking with something and not, you know, not uh, getting, I guess, consumed with, you know, your, you know, what you want, but putting in the time and working hard to get it is some great advice. And, 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 and you know that, you know, when you're in, when you're in radio, you know, it's, it's, you show up and you got to put in all the hours and sacrifice and eat ramen noodles and all of that. And one day oh, you wake up and one day you wake up and you're doing what you love and you're getting paid to do it, you know? Yes, um, and that's always been my attitude is I, I, I've always chased the dream, not the money. And even to this day, to this day, here we are in a pandemic. Um, my wife and I, our income is down 50% and we still, still going to give part of the proceeds to the vets because it's not about the money. You know, if I can make a couple bucks and keep my my um, my bills paid, and I can turn around and give some money to the veterans, man, that makes me happy. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I mean, that's great. I mean, because a lot of people would just they would take that and they would just hold on to it and and you know they wouldn't they would be like you know tough luck you know I've I've got to survive I've got you know X Y Z but to selflessly give, you know, to others, that's, I mean, that's commendable. Well, I mean, it's real simple, man. You can't, you can't, you can't take and never give. And it just, life doesn't work that way. And and I've always, I've always lived my life that way where you got to give in order to take. So we're going to give a little and we're going to take a little. And at the end of the day, 
hopefully you, you, you feel like you got your money's worth. I made a couple bucks to pay my bills, and we turned around and we took care of these veterans because what people don't know is that we have lost more soldiers in the United States of America to suicide than we did in the Vietnam War. That's a very serious problem, and I would like to raise money to help fix that problem. So, you know, it's part of my life, you know. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a huge problem. I don't think people realize that, Steve. I, I don't, I mean, I really don't. I think when you say that, it really evokes a lot of emotion because, I mean, I just, I don't think it really just occurs to people that, you know, there are veterans, like, losing their lives to suicide or, you know, every day. And it's that's really eye-opening. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and now more than ever, you know, now these these veterans who are already struggling with PTSD are, are sitting at home and they're not able to work and they're not able to provide. And the pandemic has got them in a very depressed state. So, you know, if I can raise a little bit of money and I can give them a little bit of laughter, that's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. Uh, Steve, I also saw that um, you are currently on tour and I, I think it goes actually through uh, the end of January. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about it. Uh, what cities are you covering? Well, uh, this week we're in Kyle, Texas, which is south of Austin. Um, and then the next week, I think we're in Houston. I mean, we're doing a lot of Texas dates because, as you know, Texas is at a 50% capacity. Last week we were in Naples, Florida, because Florida uh, is at a, a 50% capacity. And we're just trying to tour where we can. We're trying to be responsible. I don't do meet and greets. I perform. I go to my green room. And uh, we, we do what we can to to follow the state's uh, local guidelines and, and be as responsible as possible. But, you know, people are coming out and they're laughing harder than ever and and they're enjoying being out with their spouse. And I think, that, like I said, all of that is very, very essential. So it's been nice. And, and hopefully we're supposed to be bringing in the new year in Chicago. And as of now, that's going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. Love it. I love it, Steve. And um, where can our listeners find out more about you and keep abreast of your tour dates and, and, and buy tickets? com will get them to the special. It'll get them to my socials. It'll get them my tour dates, everything they need to know about Steve Trevino uh, and my organization, Helicopters for Heroes, um, is the organization that that I am part of for our veterans. All that information is on the website and if anybody cares enough to check it out, man, it's greatly appreciated. Love it, love it. Steve, um, I wanted to uh, just open the floor to you. I'm all out of questions, but I wanted to say thank you for stopping by. I just wanted to open the floor to you if there's anything you want to say. No, man, I think we had a very interesting conversation, and I'm, I'm hoping that, like I said, that people go, hey, I like that guy, and let's find out how funny he is, and they'll go to the website. That's what I'm hoping. I love it, I love it. Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you. Thank you.